This episode of Nintendo Expansion Pass is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash media or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Expansion Pass here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host and Latin Excited Eddie V. Joining me, it is finally his turn to be on Expansion Pass. Everybody, please welcome Daniel McGar. Hello, good sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Actually, now that you mentioned it, I don't think I've been on Expansion Pass yet, so this is a first. Yeah, this is actually a first. Uh, hopefully you'll be on more. Uh, with me, um, Corey yeah. is taking a break on this time. Uh, but we actually have a good uh discussion because I was gonna, I actually was gonna actually ask you, Daniel, you are a Digimon fan, and mm-hmm. I am a Pokemon fan. And I got this, this question in my mind, I was gonna ask you, I was just like, how can Digimon? evolve um as a series and how i was gonna be like well pokemon can evolve as a series then and then it got to uh, it got me thinking just like those two games i mean series have been evolving over time trying different mechanics introducing different uh monsters and then i got to it, it got me thinking on today's topic what is what could be nintendo's next rpg and can that game or that series overthrow the legend of zelda because right now we ha- we have like the legend of zelda at the top underneath it would be fire emblem or fire emblem i think pokemon would be third and then we kind of have like a fight between Xenoblade Chronicles and Mario and Luigi and then Paper Mario like as RPGs strictly strictly from Nintendo and so, and so mm-hmm. I kind of want to get your uh, opinion about it because you host a podcast uh, called Turn by Turn and you guys talk about different RPGs uh, whether it's a Western RPG or a JRPG you guys talk about that and you know play those games to have that discussion so i kind of wanted to just pick your mind about it what how do you see just let's start from the beginning how do you see rpgs nowadays compared to what was in the past so what's nice about nowadays and i was actually i did an episode for another show i do called one hour gaming with josh martinez that's going to be posting in a little while or depending on when this posts, uh, it'll already be out. But talking about how like the SNES had such great JRPGs on it, mm-hmm. but the conversation is now largely that JRPGs are best represented on the Switch. The Switch is the best console for these things. And I think it's because the Switch continues to port in all the fantastic JRPGs from the SNES. So like, it's not only producing all these new fantastic JRPGs, like it's giving you the backlog of them as well. So like some recent popular 
like JRPG, like the Persona games, Fire Emblem, if you want to stretch it to strategy, RPGs as well. Yes. Final Fantasy continues to be this massive juggernaut force where people are like clamoring for pixel remasters of like literally any Final Fantasy game that exists. Mm -hmm. Dragon Quest is like weirdly becoming very popular after like 12 games. Like it seems its popularity is like skyrocketed. Yes. And you have all these other tight like other titles. Do you count Legend of Zelda as an RPG? Yes, I do. Because it has that like taking on the role of Link. Yes, I I consider it as a RPG and I know we uh, this is a debate that's been going on for years. Is Zelda RPG and I consider it as a RPG. It's done people are trying to fit it the rules of a traditional RPG into um, the Zelda franchise. And it's not like that. I mean, um, you can have different mechanics that make a game RPG. Because, like, why is a game like Alondra considered as a RPG but not Zelda? Do It's top-down, you go to dungeons, you fight enemies. The way that you get health is that you collect pieces or you collect a full container and you you get stronger. You know, you uh, live a bit longer. It's it's just that RPGs are not always number-based. You know, it only becomes number-based when people decide to have that experience mechanic. Um, yep. be number base definitely feels like an like an action rpg which mm-hmm. obviously groups it in the family um so i can totally see that working it's hard to imagine something eclipsing <laughs> legend of zelda particularly as we see the the early reports of the tears of the kingdom sales <laughs> like, yes <laughs> i think uh fire emblem is like last big like thing i remember hearing about was they sold like a million copies of um the newest one engage yes engage and that doesn't even like scratch (laughs) tears of the kingdom i would imagine that maybe the entire fire emblem like backlog matches tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild sales in total and that's Somewhere in that must be in the neighborhood of about 10 ish games at this point. So it's hard to imagine yes. Fire Emblem, like, given what it is as like a strategy RPG with some life sim sort of options where like characters get to talk and have relationships with each other and you can like lead them to getting married and just becoming lifelong friends, whatever it may be. It's hard mm-hmm. to imagine that cranking to that next tears of the kingdom level right yes <laughs> like i would love that personally <laughs> just knowing that a series of games i love so much could produce that much money <laughs> but it's hard to imagine how they'd have to adapt like what they'd have what would they even have to do to push sales that high like what because like as far as like existing characters like the main ones people would know would be from like smash brothers or ultimate old games and like they release so many 
Fire Emblem characters, I feel like there's a lot of like hate because it's like, oh, another sword user from Fire Emblem <laughs> is like that common like thing that you hear that people are like, ah, oh, they did another one. Like we don't need another one. So I feel like they maybe hurt themselves in that way because they kind of made people sick of the character releases for a game they haven't necessarily engaged with. So it's hard to really imagine. So when you originally posed the the idea of like what RPG could like step up to Legend of Zelda level, I, my brain immediately went to Dragon Quest because it just feel like that might have the most ability to adapt and add in mm-hmm. new game mechanics since it does have like the turn-based stuff, but like Dragon Quest Eleven, which I've only played the demo of so far, like feels a lot like Legend of Zelda where you're exploring maps and you have like crafting mechanics. Yes. What well, the crafting mechanic has been started, I think, in Dragon Quest Eight, I wanna say. Um mm-hmm. it, for for me recognizing that gang, um, because I because in earlier days it was called Dragon Warrior here in America. Um yep. they didn't switch it to Dragon Quest until I think four or seven on PlayStation, um, and everything. So, uh, I knew about the crafting part because of Dragon Quest VIII. Um, that's mm-hmm. how I, like, because Dragon Quest VIII was, like, my first Dragon Quest game that I played. Because I never played the NES ones. I, I just brought, like, the mobile kind of version on Switch. So, I want to go through those games. And those games take forever. <laughs> Dragon Quest games are long and stuff. Um, but I, I think like for like Nintendo's next RPG um, or something that's if we're looking at existence wise trying to overthrow the Legend of Zelda, I think because of the success of Tears of the Kingdom it's kind of going to be hard to do it because right now I think the only thing that may equate to it, and it really depends on people have the knack to go get it in the price point, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, the GameCube game. If it was, I think if it was re-released right now for Switch, that people paid $40, just like they did uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. I think it has the potential to hit that same number, not in the time frame as a, as Tears of the Kingdom, but I think it could hit 10 million copies. Uh, people played it and understand, okay, now I get why everybody loves this game, or now I get the comedy. Now I get why people are mad that they changed this kind of formula stuff. I think if people play, went and picked up Thousand Year Door, I think they would hit 10 million. It just would take time to get to that number. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Yep, I actually, I haven't played any of the Paper Mario games, other than if you want to somewhat sort of mildly count Super Mario RPG. So that didn't immediately jump to mind, but I actually think you're probably right. Because that game, 
Like you just tweet about it and people get excited. Yes. Because that's like a groundswell of interest. Because that's one of the like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door uh is such a comedic game. It's it's such a mem- memeable game in a sense with some things. It, it, it I mean it was a new way of playing a role playing game, but it was the writing that made the game so fun. Mm-hmm. And it did, it became about the characters and people end up loving the characters. And so it was a different way to progress the story um, and stuff. And it was one of those games that if you got too strong for an area, you can't, you couldn't stay there and do anything because sometimes the characters will run away or you do one attack, uh, defeat them, and you only get like one experience point compared to what you used to get when you first uh, fought them. So, um, it has, like I said, it has the potential of hitting 10 million, but I think it would, it would take a while. That's, that's kind of one of the games, I mean, along with Windbreaker and Twilight Princess, people want for Switch to come out. As for like GameCube, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is the one that people want to come out first. So they ever did it in a soul people would definitely sign up who don't have expansion pass to play that game and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why when we talk about Nintendo's RPGs, they're, they're so v- different that they hit, you know, with um, Zelda being an action RPG, uh, Xenoblade being kind of this open world explorative RPG, um, uh, Paper Mario being a, a somewhat a traditional RPG, um, you know, uh, Fire Emblem being that strategy RPG where it's more one on one battles and you have to make sure that you think about it. So, um, no, all of those have that um, Japanese flair. I, I would add Beta Kados too, but that's more Bandai Namco. And mm-hmm. uh, besides Nintendo, that's Bandai Namco, Monolith Soft. And so I think Nintendo published the second one. Oh, they made they made it published too, but that that's kind of weird on how that one goes too. And that's a card RPG, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if we I'm think about it, oh, I, I can't wait to play it. It can't, like I said, it came out and I never got it because it wasn't being sold in my area. Oh, really? That stinks. It was sold in my area. I just, it was before I was connected online. So all I had mm-hmm. to go on was box art with buying these things. So mm-hmm. it just never, never made it to the top of the deck of games to buy. So it's always felt that entails of Symphonia, which I did correct that, and I've played that now. But Baton Katos is just one of those ones that I've wanted to play, and just it's never happened. So now it's finally can happen. Yes. Uh, and Earthbound is Earthbound slash Mother Two is very it's still niche in everything. I think people just want to want, really want to play Earthbound Three whenever they decide to call it and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that's kind of like most of just Nintendo's RPGs. Um, There's some other ones that's kind of like for DS and Game Boy events and stuff, um, like Golden Sun 
and, and things like that. But like from Nintendo's like first party, um, and everything, and I'm including them on the list off because they now Nintendo owns them. Uh, it's kind of I wonder what will be like their next RPG because like Pokemon is big, but Pokemon's been going on since like I think in early mid 90s on the Game Boy mm-hmm. and everything. And I mean, it, it evolved over time and it's always been a handheld game, but it's always been the same kind of formula that has really truly work for them an anime card game um different things in japan like restaurants and stuff but gameplay wise it has been that one-on-one battle uh take turn yin yang slash mm-hmm. mega man kind of style of fighting of a role-playing game and you just you build them up to a point to they evolve or you trade them and they evolve and they get stronger once they evolve you know, that's always been the same formula for it. So do you feel like Pokemon Legends Arceus sort of changed that at all for you? Like, I I don't I personally think so. It's, but it, do you think it, that was an evolution into the next thing? <laughs> that I mean, I, mean I won't say it was an evolution. Cause the same way like Pokemon Snap was, it wasn't an evolution. I think it was more of a new IP that's you can that that's in the Pokemon universe and everything. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is different, which is great. Um, but they still have that element of one v one experience points kind of thing. You know, um, mm-hmm. if they had a if they treated so it almost like a beat em up kind of thing, different, huh? Oh, what did you say, Daniel? So, I agree. It just doesn't feel that different. But like, like we've been talking, like Pokemon, Xenoblade, maybe Dragon Quest, and Paper Mario. Like, what is that thing that pushes those to the next level? Well, Dragon Quest like, is Dra- different because that's Square Enix. Yeah, that's a good point too. I didn't. Didn't I always, for some reason, I always just loop it in with Nintendo for. Well, because whatever. Nintendo yeah. published um, nine and ten. No, okay. They published they published nine on 3ds. I think it was five and six. They did one of the older ones because they did a remake for it. Nintendo did publish it on the 3ds and DS. Mm-hmm. But Dragon, I think Dragon Quest is still a good comparison, uh, a, a good use example because it does have a relationship with Nintendo. I mean, it's still it it started off as a Nintendo based game, like exclusive. It then it went to PlayStation, and now it's kind of everywhere in a sense. You know, uh, PlayStation got it. It was all Switch was always going to get it. Nintendo was always going to have one because they had the 3DS one in Japan, and I think a lot of people didn't recognize the 3DS one was way different than the PlayStation. So when Switch came out, that's where they just added the PlayStation and 3DS version because the 3DS I think had the um, orchestra music to it to the game. Mm-hmm. And then it 
with the way that it went. And then, you know, Xbox getting the Dragon Quest game. Now, I was just working on Dragon Quest 12. Uh, uh, Wii U is the only one that had uh, Dragon Quest 10. I think Switch might have it. Well, Wii U and PC has it, I should say. I definitely know they have that one, the online one, which we never got. Mm-hmm. Yet. Oh, they're not gonna bring it over. They they working on twelve. I would I would love to, but you know, it is what it is. I kind of would love Sega to bring uh Fantasy Fantasy Star Online over to Switch. Like Nintendo works with them and everything. That's one I've always wanted to play. Yeah, because like Fantasy Star Online is on Xbox, but it's it's been quiet on that front. Mm-hmm. But another, oh, go ahead, Daniel. Another point is that I feel like a lot of RPGs have a lot of ebbs and flows, where like it'll come out with like a really high volume of interest, and then it'll like taper off really quick. Mm-hmm. Like uh, something we'll be probably talking about later. Like Rune Factory Six was announced, and like it feels like Rune Factory Five came out like last month. Like it didn't, but it feels like it. But it also feels like there's like zero hype for five, that they're already hyping six, and it's only been probably like a year tops since five came out. And they're already like hyping up six. It just feels like sometimes they spike really high and Mm -hmm. then drop really fast. And then you get your golden suns that come out and are like super popular, and then you don't really hear about it for a long time other than like the hardcore people that would like listen to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> that like play these games fall in love and can't let them go whether they're releasing new new games or not so i think that's another factor too yeah the the popularity of rpgs have literally went down um because mm-hmm. i remember during the final fantasy 7 era that was the big thing. And then almost every other game was trying to be in that same way. I think I lost you, Ed. Oh. Can you hear me now? Uh, Yeah, you cut out there for a second. Oh, yeah, you, you froze. Corey will fix this. Um, but, yeah, it, it's kind of... There was a big... Um, thing with RPGs um, like after Final Fantasy 7 came out people were you know getting to the Final Fantasy uh, series and you know there were so many games definitely coming out on PlayStation 1 um, and then when PlayStation 2 happened uh, it continued to grow more and more and uh, RPGs then had kind of like had like two homes they had one uh, and, and I should say Japanese RPGs. They had one on console, which was PlayStation, and then they had one on handheld, which was Nintendo and everything. PC is different because PC, at a point in time, were home to the rest of the RPGs. There was no JRPGs on PC here in America. Um, and then, you know, you got World of Warcraft that happened on PC that became big. Uh, it, that's when MMORPGs started to really blow up. And we didn't get a mix of that until Final Fantasy 12. 
in a sense. Yeah, we had Final Fantasy uh, 11, but, you know, that was kind of weird. Um, and then, you know, we have, like, Diablo now and uh, League of Legends and all of these other games with MMORPGs. Um, but, and then, you know, Bethesda or Obsidian and stuff when, with the Fallout series. Um, we have those. Um, but those kind of Western RPGs and in their earlier stages were literally only for PC. Um, the first kind of, I would say, Western RPG that I played that I could remember was Secret of Evermore on the Super Nintendo. Chris Squaresaw had a American development team, which made that game. It sold okay, but they ended up getting closed uh, after that game came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, there also is uh, is it Shadowland? It's it's one like isometric RPG, but that was kind of like uh, American RPG. I think it was Shadowlands. I think Konami did a remake too of that. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but I I, I kind of want to ask you, um. What RPG would you like to see from Nintendo? Like personally, and how and how do you how would you what would be the style? What would be the if you want to talk about art gameplay? It's all up to you. What would you love to see from them? So one thing that was rumored or maybe happening or probably at this point would be on the next console that they release after Switch was like a Fire Emblem game that involves pirates. Hmm. I'm sure you've heard that rumor. That's what yes. was going around for a long time, for a while. And it had gained a lot of steam, and then we got Engage announced, and the rest is history. But that a Fire Emblem, like a water-based, like you're a pirate lord or something, that would be interesting to me. Um, kind of almost like any Fire Emblem idea that's like has a well-written story. But... Um, as for like Pokemon, I just don't know what you do to make Pokemon different. And I feel like Digimon's tried a lot of things to be different, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are not great. So, since there's like similar IPs in that way, I understand why Pokemon is has fear of straying from its formula. So you get the same. I send out my Pikachu. You send out your Clefairy. They battle. I win. The match is over. Now I go to a gym leader, whatever word they're using for gym leader in that particular game, and I beat eight of them, and then I accede to become the greatest champion of all time. So I'm not sure like what I would necessarily want from that to make it different. I feel like it's popular because it is the same. Mm-hmm. Just names switch out, and they make more and more customizations and things. But maybe the like a heavier story Pokemon, like give me like like the first Pokemon ever, like go back to like the very beginning of yes. like people discovering these things, where it's just like you're wandering through the woods and like there's Oddish just hanging out, <laughs> like something almost like primal, where you like go back to the beginning of the timeline, and like other games have hinted about it. 
uh-huh. so like a game that features that or in the reverse like something that like throws it like deep into like the future and it's like a space space travel type pokemon game could be interesting and like you travel around different planets and there's like different pokemon on the different planets kind of idea could be interesting i don't know the cool thing is that it is virtually limitless or you could go with like a lot of these like with xenoblade it might be interesting it'd be like xenoblade interests me just because like where do you go after like two and three like what they said they said a dlc could end up leading to four yeah but I, I do understand where you're going at. Yeah. Like how did you top how did how did you top three definitely the way that the definitely with the way that, that game ended and everything. Like how do you make a new entry in this series? Yeah. And again, would that be something where you'd be combing to another part of the timeline? To give us either something in the far past or far future. Yeah, it would definitely be in the far future, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But it's just like those games are largely considered like some of the best games of all time. Like Xenoblade 2, like pretty much is considered one of the best games of all time. So it's hard to imagine like. Like, what do you do to impress us next? But I guess they, Breath of the Wild was followed by Tears of the Kingdom, and that game seems like it's impressing everybody. So maybe it's one of those mm-hmm. things where just go go hard on what, what's already working and maybe make people wait an unnatural amount of time until you release it and build some like long-term hype, kind of like the six years between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. and People are like begging for it and then you release it and there's like this like massive boom of well I have to get Xenoblade 4. It's been six years. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that like a delay to build interest rather than continuing to like keep churning them out kind of idea. And I know Monolith Soft has a new IP that they're working on. We just don't know what it is. We don't know if we'll see it this year or next year. Cause like mm-hmm. I know we I we know that Xenoblade and Zelda are like on hold right now. Cause you know they had the DLC. Um to the Kingdom has came out already. So their focus is their new IP. So it's gonna be like, what is this new IP that you guys are doing? You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I know for me, I would Definitely love to see a beat 'em up RPG in the style of Guardian Heroes. Um, have you ever heard of that game? I haven't. Let me look it up quick here. How would it work as a beat 'em up? So, <laughs> so it's it's a mix of a beat 'em up because you get experience points after you you know you defeat enemies and stuff but it's a story mode to it where you could choose your own adventure style so after you beat a certain boss you get to choose where you want to go 
and everything. And then it will make your uh it will make your venture go forward and you'll continue there. Uh, and stuff. But like I would love to see Nintendo to make something like that. Like even if they gotta hire treasure again and be like, okay, we we want something Guardian Heroes, but we want it uh sorry about that. We want it to be where it's a new IP. Like we can still have that original idea of it being a beat 'em up and you defeat enemies and, and everything, but you know, we wanna have like mid bosses and other bosses and sometimes depending on where you land at you'll get secret treasure or their next upgradable weapon um or we could treat it like a roguelike gangs you know something in that nature they could do because I, I think they don't have anything like that for a role-playing game where it's up here like beat them up experience point um style game so and i i think they I think personally they could go for um their that hand drawn art style if they want to. You know, or they mm-hmm. could go something in the route of looking like a Splatoon style game. Something very cartoony or something very animated. I would love to see them go. And it don't and definitely I don't want it to be in like the medieval times and you know uh the magic and stuff i kind of would love to have it in modern times before everybody say where you're just thinking of persona no not thinking about persona not thinking of high school kids i'm literally thinking of adults you know and some kind of uh some kind of state or something some kind of town or something um and you want to know uh what came to mind as you're saying that the world ends with you yeah in a sense but just not with kids <laughs> yeah with adults yes but almost that style of game not with the pins or anything but that sort of has that same sort of feel i feel like that you're saying right um in a sense where you're in a city yeah because like the only kind of game people I know people were gonna say, but they have Tokyo Mirage Session. So well, yeah, that's Tokyo Mirage Session is an Atlas made game with Fire Emblem characters, but it's still a traditional three person be the uh, three person strategy game. In a sense, I wanna I literally wanted to be like I want to be pressing Y or do some combos on a two D plane beating up folks. I'm not and I'm not talking about playing games like. Asher Chain and Bayonetta, not talking about that. I'm talking about that kind of old school, relaxed, beat them up, streets of rage, front of fight, but with weapons. And you get to a boss that you level up. If you want to do four players, do it four players. If you want to make an arcade style, make an arcade style. But give me the option on where I could choose where I go, level by level. You know, and then when I finish it, I get that person's story. I could go back from the beginning or I choose a different place to start at and go there and stuff. Like, I, I guess I kind of want to have like at least about 30 stages and we just make different choices on how you get to that stage and changing uh, storylines and stuff like that. That sounds cool to me. It's not something I would have thought of either, which makes you kind of even more excited. It's always fun to get out of your own brain. So I think that could totally work. 
Yeah, because I think I think Nintendo can hit adult things. I mean, and if it'll definitely be a T-rated game, because I mean, we can have blood or green blood or whatever, you know. And, and like they could they could have these team kind of style games and stuff. Um, even with the language and stuff, they want to say hell or whatever. They can like they could do uh this kind of game and they want to make it $30 or $40 do it you know i think it has a chance to sell now it won't outsell zelda but i would love to see that as their next rpg that they go into mm-hmm. you know i had a thought go ahead all right so in order to pass zelda and this is like almost Probably not almost. It's definitely cheating. But what would you say to a Super Smash Brothers RPG? I would be here for it. So either keeping the same mechanics where it's like head-to-head fighting, Mm -hmm. but it's all turn-based, or like an even broader idea where you'd have it be like a full like JRPG set in the Super Smash Brothers world where whatever assemblage of characters you'd want go against like master hand. And maybe you get some built up origin story about master hand and crazy hand and like flush out the smash brothers world. Maybe characters end up in the kid's room from melee. Mm -hmm. Like something like that, where like you kind of bring in the entire roster and you get to kind of pick your team or slowly get the team to join you. Now, how we now do you say pick the whole roster? Does that include the roster characters from other games from a third party or strictly just only Nintendo on IP? Being selfish and greedy and not a lawyer, I would say I would want all of them. But thinking perhaps more realistically, probably just the Nintendo core of characters. Your okay. your Mario's, your Ness, your Link throw in some Fire Emblem people, Samus, Kirby, Star Fox. Keep it keep it in the family. Because <laughs> you have a lot of characters um, from it. Because, like, you can even add the ARMS characters and stuff if you want to. Like, you can add characters from... Nintendo has a big universe in their games with their characters. So you can add that. I mean, people would definitely love to see, like... Sora, uh, uh, Cloud, Link, and whatever Fire Emblem character, like duking it out against Master Hands, you know, yeah. or or the minions and stuff, uh, and, and things. Like, I think, like, they're the dark versions of the Smash characters and everything. Like, those are the enemies that you fight. In there, yeah. in there, and every time you like ring them out or you defeat them, you get stronger. And like your your maps are going through the maps of the other games. So like, yes. let's say like your first map is Super Mario World, and you have your assembled party going through Super Mario World looking for Dark Mario or Bowser. And then after you beat that, you transition to the next world, which could be Hyrule. And then you're like searching through Hyrule to find Dark Link or Ganon. You could yes. you could play it either way. You could have the dark version or you could just have the actual villain from that game. 
And then after that, you transition to uh, the name of Samus's world is escaping me right now. Um, um, SR, is it SR 78 or SR something? Like that, she Samus goes to so many different planets, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but that idea of like, oh, now now the team has to go to an Animal Crossing island, that, like now the team has to go X, Y, like that sounds like it could be really cool and it would be a way to get pull in every audience at once, yeah. And I feel like people would be down for it because, like. You'd get to pick your foot, like we'd stick with the four, three or four character in your party. Mm-hmm. You get to pick your party. I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah, and Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo, they'll add something new to it. Like, so it'll be like kind of just like Super Smash Brothers RPG would be like the basic yeah. name. But no, Nintendo, they'll probably change it up and stuff. But I could see that because I know people be like, well, that, that should be a mode a mo in the next Smash Brothers. No, make a game out of it. I think Nintendo yeah. literally could go and make a game out of it. Like you said, you want to hit that 10 million? Smash Brothers, Smash would easily hit 10 million. Yeah, and just like the IP blending always mm-hmm. usually brings people to the table. Because then, like, I could have Link, Marth, Samus, and Luigi as a team. Yeah. And you'd get all the people playing, like, all the content creator people showing, like, oh, I made this team, and, like, this is what we did. Or, I made this team, and this is what we did. So, like, you'd get that, like, social media burst of being like, oh, I didn't think to try Samus with Link, or I didn't think to try Kirby with Luigi. You'd be getting all that, like, cross-planning and stuff. All right, and everybody could work together. It'll be a fun online game. Yeah, I'm not for that. Sorry about that, everybody. Yeah. And then you get to, like, travel to unique worlds. So I think it have enough varied elements in it that it could probably easily cross that plateau if sheer curiosity if, if nothing else <laughs> <laughs> exactly well i mean it definitely gain sales that might be our next expression pass unexpected uh well nintendo games that have grabbed people's curiosity because trust me hardwood warriors when it came on wii u grabbed a lot of people's attention. That was very unexpected. So we might we might discuss that next time. But uh, Daniel, that's going to be it for the show. Thank you for coming on. How how how, how did you feel? I feel good. I uh, feel like I was a little scrambled. Like I feel like I jumped around a little. So hopefully people are able to follow along okay. <laughs> oh, welcome to Expression Pass. That's us all the way. <laughs> Sometimes me and Corey would come in and be like, we don't have a topic to talk about 45 minutes later. Dang, what did we just get done talking about? <laughs> uh, oh, well. Well, thank you, Daniel. Uh, and if you guys want to hear more of Expression Pass, you can check out our YouTube page. Check out the Turn by Turn podcast. Uh, Daniel, you want to go ahead and plug that where people can find it? Yeah, you can find the Turn by Turn podcast or our offshoot podcast, Game Dev Hideout, anywhere podcasts are sold. Apple Podcasts, uh, we're on YouTube. You can go to turnbyturn.com or 
I believe it's turnbyturnpodcast.com. Okay. So yeah, come check it out. We have yeah. probably like 40 plus episodes. We're just waiting for you to listen. Yes. <laughs> and with that, and with that, everybody, have a great, have a great weekend, and we will see you next time on Expansion Pass. Bye, everybody. Bye. Nintendo Expansion Pass is part of Nintendo Power Block and is a product of Boss Rush Media LLC. The show is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio, and is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co-host is Corey Deary. You can find Corey at I am Corey at HD on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting the Boss Rush Podcast and Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. Follow Expression Pass as part of Nintendo Powerblock and on all social media platforms at Powerblock Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.